Hello, and welcome to the Healthcare Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Evan Bentley, and today we are joined by a very special guest in studio. I'm with Mayo Clinic's own Dr. Jose Medina and Hosa of the Preventative Cardiology Division. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. And so I uh, want to start off, of course, we're going to get into today cardiovascular health, preventative measures, and involving the workplace, uh, both employees and executives. But I want to talk a little bit about your background. Please fill us in on what brought you into medicine, like all doctors, your passion, and uh, why you took this route of preventative cardiovascular health. I'm originally from Venezuela, where I finished med school. I moved uh, to the U.S. about five or six years, almost six years ago. I've been at the Division of Preventive Cardiology at Mayo for the last four years where we have focused our work in cardiovascular disease and coronary disease prevention. Uh, I was brought to medicine by the influence of my parents who are also physicians and uh, how I saw their tribe in helping others. And I think that's one of the main reasons I do what I do and that's why we're here today. Well, clearly you're extremely talented in what you do at being a research fellow with this division at Mayo Clinic. Um, Tell me about some of the work that you are doing right now. Uh, over the past year in 2017, you and your fellow researchers, um, what's being looked at? We have looked at the interaction of cardiovascular disease and obesity. That is the main focus of our research. Uh, I've looked at mainly patients with coronary artery disease, which is the disease that causes a myocardial infarction. And we looked at uh, the definition of redefining obesity with uh, different new new and traditional measures of measuring obesity. That's what we have been doing for the past year and part of the past, uh, oh, and for most of my time at, at the Mayo. When I look at my own life, I notice that a couple of the first things to go in my life, you know, when you, things happen and you have work and you're focused on your work and then you have your commute and then you have families that need to be taken care of. And, and so um, you start to try and, and find ways to get everything done at once. And so what that means sometimes is that you sacrifice sleep, uh, you sacrifice exercise. Uh, I know I'm not the only one. I know that many employees out there do the same. Are there anything, uh, tactics that we can do in the workplace that might make it easier for us with our own health cardiovascularly? Uh, what are some tactics that, that the regular everyday working man can employ? I think uh, one of the first things that you need to tackle is actually understanding what is cardiovascular health, what can you do, and when should you start. The answer to the, la the last question, when should you start, is right away. It doesn't matter how, what, how old you are and what have you done with life. If you worked out in college or you haven't, you got to know uh, of of those things that you need to be aware to define cardiovascular health. So uh, the first intervention in the workplace with your managers, with your leadership, is actually under trying to get some conscience around your team and saying, these are the things that we need to look for, these are the factors that we need to look for. Those factors are mainly blood pressure, and you need to uh, understand how you get your blood pressure checked, when should you get your blood pressure checked, and why is it so important. Blood cholesterol, that is uh, uh, the, the lipids in your blood that you need to get checked every year in a certain age range with your primary care physician. Blood sugar, which is a representation of, or a screening for diabetes. Um, get active is the other measure, and we can talk a little bit more about that later. 
eat better and looking at your ideal weight and understanding when is your weight ideal, when is, is it not ideal, and what are some interventions to, to look at that. And the most important of all the interventions, I believe, is to stop smoking. There are seven, we call them simple measures. They're, it's a comprehensive, uh, it's a comprehensive definition, but all of that is what you need to have the definition of cardiovascular health. So using those seven, give me a prescription, doctor. Give me a prescription for in the workplace where I, I can make adjustments to my everyday life right now, starting tomorrow. What are some things that I can do coming into the office where I, I'm immediately making hopeful an impact on my life? Okay. So let's start with physical activity. Mm -hmm. um, the prescription for physical activity right now is 150 minutes a week of median or active exercise, meaning that meaning that you have to spend at least 150 minutes doing something that makes you break a sweat. That could be dancing, that could be walking down up the stairs, it could be doing squats, it could be doing box jumps, it could be doing any exercise you, that you will like that it makes your heart rate go up, okay? So the prescription is not that complicated. You're not, uh, you're not supposed to, you're not necessarily supposed to be 90 minutes every day in the treadmill, as some people might think. You can do the 150 minutes in a week, you know, in a one single session. You can do 30 minutes a day. You can do 90 minutes in one portion. You can divide as you want, as long as in a, in a week, in a week period, in a week's period, you get that done. Okay. Now going back to a other part of that prescription is going back to doing combining those 150 minutes of exercise of cardiovascular exercise with two to three sessions of weight training a day. Now it doesn't have to, when you people think about weight training and resistance training, um, they uh, they think about that you have to become this bodybuilder and you need a special trainer and a special uh, a special equipment to do it. Which is if 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 you have a personal trainer and and you have all this new knowledge, it's good. But there's also simpler exercises that you can do in the office with some simple dumbbells and some exercise bands that will allow you to fill that prescription okay uh, activity monitors also help actually to track all your progress during the day there's another new prescription that we're giving in combination to the last two to the other two which will be at least 10,000 steps a day and that is for a person that it was sedentary meaning that they didn't move at all from the desk to the couch to the car to the desk to the couch every day you will now give them a prescription of 10,000 steps a day with activity monitor that will help them move and be more active and that, that is very, it's gonna complement a lot um, on, the, on their cardiovascular health and their exercise prescription. Now, somebody's more active that they've been going to the gym and they want to say, well, what do I actually need to do 10,000 steps? And the answer is yes. There's a person that goes 45 minutes with a treadmill and does a, that's already all the prescriptions I just gave you, and they say, do I actually need to move more than the other day? Yes, the answer is yes. The prescription might actually be higher. You might have to reach 15,000 steps. It depends on on you, and that's why it's important to consult your preventive doctor and do your annual checkups and get more detailed information prescribed for you. You know, with, with Fitbits coming out and everybody being able to actually track their steps very easily, yeah. um, you know, I speak with many people who oh, I got my steps in today, or oh, I've almost got my 10,000 steps. Like you're mentioning, 10,000 steps seems to be the buzzword or, or the metric that everybody tries to hit. Um, 
Is that enough, though, if somebody were to just do the 10,000 steps and then continue on their daily lifestyle? What other changes really specifically need to be made above 10,000 steps? Or how much of the equation does just getting 10,000 steps in a day really take care of? So when, when this question comes out a lot, and the answer to that question is, what's the right amount of exercise? Well, the first answer to that question, the simple answer is any amount of exercise that you can get done. Now, is, is the treadmill for 45 minutes a day or for 150 a minute a week, is that enough? It's not enough, but it's something, and it doesn't have to, this encourage you to at least do it is at the time you got, okay? But if you, I can only, if the patient, or if you answer to me, well, I can only do the 10,000 steps doing walking meetings or doing some on my daily commute, and I can't do anything else, well, I encourage you to do that. If, 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 and try to get some of the other things uh, around. So it has to be a combination. That is the ideal prescription. You have to try to do your best and do as much of, much of it as you can. That's what I was trying to understand, if that the 10,000 steps was just some magic number or if that's really just not going to be enough for, for most people. And most people, it seems, they just believe that I did my 10,000 steps, I can do whatever else I want now because I got my daily. Clearly, according to you, doctor, that's not the case. Uh, let's go back to the workplace. Okay. And um, we've talked about employees and, and maybe different programs that corporations can implement for their employees for better cardiovascular health. What about the executive? You know, we know employees work hard, but I think um, nobody puts in more hours than the average executive. Um, burning the candle at both ends, you could say, maybe losing more sleep, maybe not paying attention to the body. And executives, for the most part, these might be people who are conscious of what good health is. They, they are aware of what it takes. They just don't have the time to do so. So let's talk executive health, uh, specifically for the executive, some measures that can be taken. Executives are the group of people that are more aware of their health uh, you know, in the workplace. They, they know what they need to do, they just don't have the time. So there's, um, there's many things that you can do. Thinking about um, interventions what, uh, around meeting that ideal exercise prescription. Uh, there's a lot of programs out there on executive health. Uh, and the most important part, the intervention that you can do among them and with, uh, with their peers and their coworkers is trying to implement walking meetings instead of just sitting around a conference room, try to, if the meeting's one-on-one or, or, or two or a few amount of people, they can just take a walk around the building depending on when you are. They can change the meeting room and have standing desk, uh, standing meeting room. Some companies take the extra steps and just get rid of the chairs overall, which is, uh, it's a lot to do, but it will help you. Standing does help improve your, your cardiovascular health in, in some matters. Um, other things that you can do is that they can actually get a treadmill desk, which uh, we have done a, a study where we were concerned because a lot of people were getting standing desk as a, as a way of getting those 10,000 steps in and maybe getting some of those uh, 150 minutes in. But the concern of some of the administrators is, well, if they're, if they're walking all day, are they being equally productive? Are they able to concentrate? Mm-hmm. Are they able to type as well? Right. Is, is, are they being as proficient as we want them to be? to be? We did a randomized study, and what we found is that in a treadmill desk compared to a sitting desk, 
the concentration, typing skills, and most of the metrics that we measure, of the cognitive measures we measure, actually improved. The improvement wasn't as that um, big, but it was an improvement compared to, to decreasing. So we, we initially thought that you know by walking on the treadmill, after you get used to it, you actually type better, you're able to dictate if you gotta dictate it. You can read your emails, you can concentrate, and it actually helps you concentrate and be actually more productive. In that study, that's what, that's what we found. So it's a very it's a very good intervention for the busier executive that needs to spend hours and hours in front of a computer or having conference calls or, or taking or doing many things. Yeah. Interesting. So the concept being that instead of spending the full eight to sometimes 10, 12 hours a day working uh, and ignoring your physical fitness or yeah. your cardiovascular health, taking some time in the, maybe the early morning mm-hmm. could then maybe you do spend a little less time, but you actually are more proficient and you get more done. Yes. Okay, very interesting. Um, regarding your studies, back at the Mayo Clinic, uh, has anything else caught you by surprise that you've seen over the last year or two? Um, anything else coming from these studies that you want to talk about that you think the people should know more of? Well, cl- closing up with the important thing is to for people try to to try to understand what the ideal what the ideal health is. Uh, we also or what ideal cardiovascular health would be. As I told you, we have been focusing on um, patients with uh, coronary disease and with obesity, and we're actually trying to, we have seen what are the predictors of patients with coronary disease having uh, uh, dying or having more debilitating events. Uh, We have also uh, seen uh, trying to to identify what is the best measure to define obesity, which is uh, a complex diagnosis rather than simple. Over the last two, three decades, the definition of obesity has tried to be simplified, and it's, we have found that it's not that simple. You need, as, as you need some blood work, you need more measures that just height and weight. You need to understand the percentage of fat, the percentage of muscle as mm-hmm. well that the person has. Obesity is not, about just having a lot of fat. Sometimes it is about having an adequate amount of fat, but not having enough muscle because the patient, the, the person is sedentary or just older or they have some disease where they lose that amount of muscle. And muscle does protect you from heart disease and, and from stroke and from all other, all other diseases. Interesting. I think that's um, another topic that I would yeah. love to have you back on to yeah, talk more we'll in depth about. Um, before we go, could you maybe as a thought leader mm-hmm. and, and what you've seen at Mayo and your work, uh, tell us what you anticipate seeing over the next year, 2018, 2019, going into 2020 uh, with this kind of research and heart health? Well, um, the concept that we were talking about, about our ideal cardiovascular health, it was, it was, it's, a, it's a campaign that was... Uh, put out there by the American Heart Association. Uh, and what we're trying to achieve is by the year 2020 or maybe 2030, taking the world or, or maybe focusing more on the US, decreasing the amount of heart disease with, this, with, with increasing the knowledge of cardiovascular health, decreasing the amount of uh, healthcare expenditure and, debilita- and debilitating disease as heart disease, and just bringing down obesity and diabetes in general will be the ideal that or ideal goal and i hope that we can we're able to achieve it over the next couple of decades 
Doctor, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, again, you've been listening to Dr. Jose Medina and Hosa. He's research fellow at the Mayo Clinic for Preventative Cardiology. Doctor, thank you once again. My pleasure. Uh, again, we've learned so much about heart health and ways to implement it into the workplace, ways to implement it for executives. For more on healthcare in the industry, news minutes, the latest articles, podcasts like you've listened to with Dr. Medina today, you can go to Market Scale and go to the healthcare industry publication. You'll find it all there. Uh, doctor, is there anywhere that we can find some more of your writings? You can find me in Twitter at Medina Hinojosa, MD, and that is the best place to, to find me. Excellent. Okay, doctor, thank you once again. You've been listening to Healthcare Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Evan Bentley, and we really look forward to talking to you next time.